That sound can only mean one thing as we fire up an all-new episode of the Talk and Audio Podcast, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. My name is Matt Robinson, sitting across the table today from our friends from, uh, from She's Got Game on the TSN Radio Network, Vanessa Sanchez, Michaela Schreider. What's happening? We sound wonderful in that intro. <laughs> we really do. I like Just a that. preview of the chaos to come. It's that one time you sounded really excited to be here, so I kept it. Right? <laughs> We're <laughs> always excited to be here, Every Matt. Time. <laughs> Uh, I'm happy you're here. Give us a follow on uh, on social media at Tall Can Audio. Uh, Vanessa is on X, Twitter. Twitter. We call it Twitter. It's the Twitter. We refuse <laughs> at Vansan three thousand. And uh, Michaela, is, of course, is on uh, most social media feeds at Shrides or uh, on Instagram at Crafted in the Capital. That's where we're going to start. We're going to we're going to box out Vanessa here for just a second while we talk about a little beer. I'm just going to sit here and drink my water. Okay. We're going to drink with bubbles. My water with my tang squirt just, in just. it. <laughs> <laughs> she can't drink normal water. Dig into that later. What was uh, I'm already off and on, on running on the Simpsons quotes. How come I can't get no tang? Shut up. And another thing. How come I can't get no tang around here? And also, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> you box me out again. Yeah, sorry. That's gonna happen a couple times. <laughs> sorry. Oh man. Uh, on this day in uh, 1992, Plow King episode of uh, or Mr. Plow. Ep- Mr. Plow. That's my name. That name again is Mr. Plow. Vanessa, if you want, you can I'm wait in the living room. I'll yeah, give you the remote from the TV. Go watch. <laughs> Savage Garden is playing out there. Yeah. Yeah, listen to it. As it always should be. <laughs> uh, what did you pull out of the magic fridge there, Shrides? Okay, so this was this was a hard decision. Mm. I had to do some soul searching mm. on this one mm-hmm. um, because it came down to, full disclosure, it is like noon. Yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. early in the day. Yeah. And it came down to what I chose or Great Lakes Canuck, which is my one of my favorite beers of all time. Yes. It's also a very easy drinking 5%, which mm-hmm. is probably what you want at noon. Yeah. Um, but I also love Vimy's Northeast oh, IPA, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. you had. I it is sure 6%, do. but yeah. it, is, it is a solid beer. So I had to go with that. Okay. Uh, Vanessa? Um, yeah, so it's just the tang for me. <laughs> she got the tang. She I got, got the tang. tang. <laughs> it's, I can't drink um, straight water because it tastes disgusting. Disgusting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Water. Mm-hmm. Water. Water. The most that has no taste in the world. Mm. Mm. Taste. And so I <laughs> use those little um, squirty things that you sure. um, add to your what water. What are they called again? The like, um, Mio? I always think I of Mio, them, but that's just one brand. That's yeah. Like a brand. Yeah. Okay. I just call them my squirty squirt. And so today's squirty squirt is Tang. Do you remember the Mio commercials? It's like squirt, 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 squirt. <laughs> yes, I do actually. <laughs> I have a little guy <laughs> who like one of the very first words he learned when he was like two, three, or whenever kids start talking was Mio when he wanted that. He was <laughs> And so when I would like get to watch them, he would just come up and be like, Mio, Mio. And I thought he was like speaking with like an Italian accent, just talking about like play with me or do something with me. I, oh, no, it's Mio. Okay, I got just it. Just so. for a little squirty squirt. Yeah. Do you want me to open up my water bottle? Let's see sure, if that's going to make it. Okay, listen. Ooh. Ooh, hey. That was nice. Yeah. Pop. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Uh, back to the beer. Right. Yeah. I'm, I, can I just say also mm-hmm. the the can is beautiful. It is. Yeah. Vimy has very nice branding. Like a very and, nice, and like, like very simple. Like they don't go over the top. It's yep. bold, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's it, simple. 
it fits the like they're going for kind of a legion right. feel, right? Because they're 100%. obviously Vimy, Vimy Ridge, That's like right. they're very based in in the Canadian yes. uh, history and military. So they have that like Canadian legion esque branding to them, right? And they don't make a bad beer. Like, they don't, I've never had a bad beer from them, right? Even and their I, stout, which their I don't... stout, is, in my opinion, is the best stout in Ottawa. We've talked yeah. about that on the yeah. show before. Not everybody loves a stout, but people like that stout and. Uh, uh, everything they do, pretty much awesome. Uh, I'm going back to the uh, Orleans Brewing Company. This is called the Maple Cabin, coming in at 5.7%. And it's been an odd day, right? The Leafs were playing at 8 a.m., last game of that uh, NHL Global Series over in Sweden. I I talked a big game, but I, I'm not getting up and drinking beer at <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning. It's getting just, up at 8 o'clock in the morning. Is that <laughs> hard in general, for you? that was a bit of a thing, yeah. Uh, got up, watched the first period on my iPad before getting out of bed. Uh, so I held off a little, but as I was waiting for you guys, had an oatmeal stout for breakfast. Like that was sort of the, the but yeah, waited till at least like 1130. Of course. Uh, Respectable. Right. But it's a big day. We had, uh, had that game, had this recording session. It's Grey Cup Sunday. It's of course an NFL Sunday. So we were going to go a little bigger than, uh, than usual, but keeping kind of that, that oatmeal stout. Now let's move into something else. Kind of. I don't know, fallish, whatever. So this is the Maple Cabin uh, from OBC, Orleans Brewing Company, 5.7%. I grabbed a couple of these. I'm looking forward to, to checking it out. And, and this will be my first time trying this, uh, this particular maple beer. Okay. Nice. Gorgeous. Uh, before. I love maple. Yeah, you do, I, eh? Yeah. I go through like multiple. I went out one time actually with Lever Sage. We went. There's to a bar and what <laughs> there's nothing subtle about this. when shrides and i were di- i'm gonna give you the money but when shrides and i were discussing whether or not she wanted to have it uh or like and, and try one she said you know i don't like beers that are too sweet and it says on the can that this is you know a subtle sweetness this is not so yeah <laughs> which i love I, have it. I love it when it says maple on the can bring it like i want oh, that yeah. flavor to be in the beer it's in the beer <laughs> so. sorry you were out with uh oh this is like like Last year at some okay. point, yeah. I, me and Lever Sage went to grab a drink and a friend of his joined mm-hmm. and this guy, I can't remember his name, but he was so sweet. And I mentioned something about how much I love maple and he goes, oh, I have a bunch of um, like maple syrup in my car. Do you want one? And <laughs> Did I was you like, go to his car with him to get it. He said he had maple <laughs> yeah. syrup in his car. Yeah, and Ted Bundy that, said a lot of things That too. and some candy in an unmarked Jesus. van. Jesus. <laughs> That is what it takes. For you, it would be free puppies. For me, yeah, no, if someone says, you, I have dogs to pet, yeah. I'll get in a white van. Exactly. I do, like. I would be, I'm, I realize saying this on a podcast is not like advisable, but I'd be the easiest person to kidnap. Up at our old cottage there, um, my dad, for a couple of years anyway, decided, you know, once he'd entered retired life and had some time on his hands, he was going to tap the trees and make his own maple oh. syrup. Came out really nice. Like, nice. It, yeah, really fresh, really, uh, it was kind it's a lot of work <laughs> yeah. to keep an eye on the trees and then you have to like boil it down or whatever they call it. I, I He was at it for a while, but it was good. The end result. But yeah, you got to tap like 50 trees to get like two bottles. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. And it makes sense as expensive as it is because mm-hmm. yeah. it does take a lot of work, but I will pay. Anything. I remember like 10 I love, years ago. I put ago. it in my coffee. Like I put it in every. Oh my God, I love that it. That flavor is great. Buddy the Elf. I am Buddy the Elf. <laughs> I'll see the one I'm, now I'm boxed out. <laughs> On that, uh, is that the Will Ferrell? Elf? Yes. Okay. 
look at me. I know some things. Matt, it's been 20 years since I know. came out. It, that's like, like there, there aren't a lot of modern Christmas movies that become classics, yeah. but that is a classic. Like, people quote that nonstop. I do nonstop. appreciate you saying that 20 years ago it was still considered modern. Well, in the, in the yeah, that's fair. Um, in the scheme, the grand scheme of like Christmas movies, yeah. like to me, like Christmas movies stop being classic after, like before the 90s. Like anything that came out in the 90s, maybe early 2000s is yeah. okay. I, <laughs> But like Elf was early 2000s. Yeah. And like, I can't Elf think of it. 2003. A, yeah. There's like one or two Christmas movies that have come out since that like I'll watch every year, but it's rare. <laughs> I can't even think of any. I, I like Happiest Season, which is like within oh, the last five that one years. Was solid. Yeah, yeah, that's a really that was good, a good one. one. Highly yeah. recommend. Remember when yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was a thing? He had a yeah. Christmas yes. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Matt. Taylor, oh. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was my sexual awakening. <laughs> I really should. Dreamboat. Listen, he was my first love. Okay? okay, I watch I'll Be Home for Christmas every year. That one, yeah, that's, that's the one. one. And Je- uh, Jessica Beale, she's yeah. in that too. Have you seen uh, the time that he starred in WrestleMania 11? No, but I probably. You might would, you might know. Yeah, what age? He was still pretty. Well, that would have been 95, so. He was pretty young still. Yeah, like 12, probably too, too young for me to watch now. He, he wasn't quite like it, at least an yeah, No, yeah. that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the adult, okay. like early adult was where sure. I really started I didn't loving him. Know I was always his, his, his age, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was the same age or a little bit younger than him, so it was totally appropriate. But I do love that man. Did you like home improvement? Uh Josh did, and it still plays in my house periodically. Really? I didn't know it was a stream streamable oh no 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 matt oh he owns every season oh and plays yes. them that's his like awesome. fall to sleep show and i hate it on what like he's on got the, one of those little portable dvd, DVD player <laughs> in 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 our bedroom with the tv amazing yeah mm-hmm. aren't i lucky <laughs> so in between summer slams and yeah, yeah. Home no honestly it's either wrestling or home improvement <laughs> he's gonna be so mad at me I mean, it's, it's a good so show. show. I liked the show My when I was brother young. It was okay. Named after yeah. uh, Zachary Ty Bryant. No way. Yeah. Okay. Was I was the named after brother? the old brother. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I was named after Vanessa Huxtable from the Cosby Show. <laughs> naturally, and <laughs> Zach is worse. after. <laughs> Zach is. We're learning a lot about you guys. Yeah, today. we are. <laughs> um, I gotta tell you, mm. I thought you were coming in here today to make an announcement, but the announcement has been made, and so. I guess we can still talk about it, but I'm a little hurt. I'm a little hurt. It was just days ahead of when you were scheduled to be here, but I do understand the idea of getting these things out there uh, as early as possible. But you guys have scheduled another event similar to something you did earlier in the year. Tell us about it. Me? Or... or, or, Uh, I'll go. So, we... I'll go, and then I go. Uh, (laughs) We are once again putting on another women's sports trivia night. Mm. Uh, it is going to be Tuesday, November 28th. I should have written this down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at 7 p.m. at Bicycle Brewery. Nice. Once again, they are hosting. They did a fantastic job the first time when we did it back in March was yep. last time. Yep. Um, and so, yeah. So, we there are there are so many trivia items that we still have in our arsenal so oh yeah so we're going back for round two uh tickets are now available mm-hmm. uh on the bicycle website uh for five dollars all proceeds go to the oseg foundation and um yeah get get your tickets like, we'll have man. some amazing prizes like amazing yeah prizes. i don't want to yeah. brag but like we got better like we got 
really great prizes once yeah. again. Oseg has provided a number of awesome prizes. Uh, Vodkow uh, from Dairy Discovery, yeah. they're going to be providing some prizes as well. Um, we had great prizes last time, mm. and, and they got a little bit better. Wow. <laughs> okay. So Hot this is something you have... You've done once before. Like you said, it was back earlier this year. I know the turnout was good. I know the feedback was good. Did you know, like, right away coming out of that, we're going to do this again? Or was this something you kind of so. took like, some time? To- as we were leaving, as we were walking to our cars, yeah. we were like, we got to do this again. This is so much fun. Yeah, yeah. we were riding we, a high for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then, yeah, it was a great turnout. We had a couple people who just came in for beers and they're like, oh, there's trivia. <laughs> but then they, they joined with this sure. woman who had come in, like, specifically for trivia, who was a giant women's sports fan. Yeah. She ended up winning. So their team won. Yeah. Which was like, she carried them. I think she, like, yeah. they provided maybe one or two answers themselves. They were very proud. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I think what happened, it was, yeah, she was by herself and then it was a couple. So the three of them ended up winning. They got first pick, and they ended up picking uh, a four-pack of tickets to a 67s game, oh, I think wow. it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the the woman who came by herself, her partner was going to join them, and the four of them were going to go together. So we really brought people together. That's cool. We really did. Like, we created yeah. a friendship that night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's box out Vanessa again for a second. Talk oh. about a little How I Met Your Mother when... i seen it. She knows okay. How I Met Okay. Life. That's the one where uh, at Lillian Marshall's wedding, Table 8 still gets together every year. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is cool. I, I, I'm curious, and I put this in the show notes that I, I don't think Michaela saw before she showed Uh-oh. up. I, I got the little notification that Vanessa logged into the note, but not I that... Not that Shrides never checked it out. This is... <laughs> I did. All, honestly, I forgot you sent the link. All, all I'm vibes, not just uh, what was it last time you said? All vibes, no notes. All vibes, all no vibes. notes. That is, no, no notes, just vibes. Yeah. Right. That is how I go through most of life. I'm curious whether <laughs> and you're my inspiration. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's sweet. Aww. That's nice. It sounds like it came straight out of a Savage Garden song. Yeah. Uh, any chance off the top of your heads, you might have a, a sample question or two. You might be able to. To throw across oh, the table and see could, if I could make a little contact. We could. So this would be a question that we wouldn't include in the trivia. Just yeah, like a, an right. example of a women's or even question. one that was used at the original event. Oh, okay, or we can do that. So, whatever you got, like just, just one or two questions. Okay, see if Matt can get anywhere near this. So this one was used uh, in our previous trivia. Okay, which you couldn't go to. I couldn't. You I did a, buy tickets, but uh, you were sick. I was a little under the weather. Yes, you got sick at the last minute. That's yeah. totally fair. Yeah. Um, Christine yeah. Sinclair mm-hmm. is the all-time international uh, goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, who did she overtake that title from? You went right to soccer, right? I sure. I'm so, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> right not your strong suit. I was going to say right in Matt's blind spot, but he has a lot of those. Uh, Messi? It was be. not a man. Fun fact, you have to go down to like the eighth spot <laughs> to find the first man. Okay. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, then. Think American. Yeah, I was thinking American. <laughs> oh, uh, Mia Hamm. Close. Uh, Abby Wambach. Oh, right. That Mia was the Hamm only is other three. name I was going <laughs> yeah. to pull. Mia Hamm is number three. Okay. okay. Is there a sport you would feel more comfortable? Because I have just pulled up all of the questions from Uh-oh. our March uh, trivia night. A hockey. So, a hockey? Okay. MMA. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, hockey, hockey. I got Trish Stratus up on the wall here in the studio. If you had any women's wrestling questions you wanted to throw out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe this time. Uh, Haley Wickenheiser yeah. has played in both Winter and Summer Olympics. Mm-hmm. We know she played hockey, obviously. Yeah. But what sport did she compete in at the Summer Olympics? Softball. Look yeah. at you. Yeah. Nailed it. Yes. 
Clara Hughes, I believe the only other Canadian athlete to go both winter and summer. Yes, yeah, cy- uh, cycling in the yeah. summer and obviously speed, speed skating. Speed skating in the... The uh, only one, I think, to win... She's medal. the only one to medal. Medal, medal Yeah, because Haley, yeah. Haley didn't medal. No. Correct. I think that's on here somewhere. Yeah. Oh, what we else do we have? Okay. Oh, Ronda Rousey is one of the most famous American professional wrestlers and mixed martial artists. That's true. She's also an actress. Name one film she has appeared in. The Entourage movie. Nailed it. Yeah. Can you name any of the others? I cannot. <laughs> the Expendables 3, Furious 7, Mile 22, and Charlie's Angels. Who knows? Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, that's an easy one, though. Which one? See, I had no idea, because, like... Not, not the one you just asked. I'm sorry. I was thinking, okay. I was thinking about the one that I, uh, I was looking at. I loved the show. I, it, as a guilty pleasure, I loved Entourage as a show. I never saw the movie. It, it, it had run its course by then. <laughs> but I knew she was in it. You got another one? I do, one okay. of those two. Nine or eleven. Oh, you, that's you a pick. terrible combination. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awful. <laughs> okay, go nine. Nine, okay. Uh, before the CWHL folded in 2019, which player led the league in points, goals, and assists, regular season and playoffs? Like all time or that final season? All time. Hmm. Brianne Jenner. No. No. Not Carolyn yet. Willett. Carolyn Willett, of course. <laughs> New Hall of Famer. Yeah. Take yeah. over from Jana Hefford. Okay. You want another one? This one more. Okay, one more. It's okay. less fun over here. <laughs> I, it was my idea and I'm just waving at them. Right. Another hockey one for you. This in- is what you can expect of me to, when I show up. <laughs> <laughs> in 2010, the Hockey Hall of Fame finally mm-hmm. inducted two women oh, no. for the first time since its Angela establishment James. in 1943. Let us finish the question, Matt. <laughs> Name so. those women. Angela James is one of them. Who is the other? Cami Granado? Yes. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> For a dollar, name a woman. <laughs> uh, so this is November 28th at the Bicycle Craft Brewery. Correct. Tickets available. We'll put the uh, the link where you can pick up your tickets in the show notes at talkinaudio.com or on whatever app you're hearing us right now. Um, the feedback coming out of the first one was absolutely fantastic. Like people clearly enjoyed it uh, and it's great to see you guys are, are hitting it again. Um, yeah, it's any, I, I don't know if you can share this or not, mm. but any lessons learned from the first one, things you're going to do differently, things that you thought could have gone better or. It was perfect. It, no. was, it was perfect, perfect in every way, <laughs> just like us. Um, there were some, we, and this is a, totally on us. We are not a math show. Mm. We talk about this a lot, but we had some inconsistency in points. Yeah. Like okay. some, po- some questions were worth two points. Uh, some were worth, like, it yeah. got confused. Some, it was I like think one was half each. Mm-hmm. So it got confusing. So <laughs> yeah. we're, 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 we've learned Dumbing a lot. It down. In terms of, yeah, keeping the points as for simple ourselves. as possible right. for, for ourselves. Because we, we're the ones who have to count. And I forgot that part. We were like speed counting to mark all these. And it was not fun. Um, so that was probably the biggest lesson learned. But uh, no, like ever, I was amazed at how well everything went. Not not because like I thought it was going to go bad. But like, you know, first time event, you always think something. You're going to have sure. a few of these hiccups that you learn from. But like, honestly, everything went so, so smoothly. And I think a lot of that is down to we had a great support from Bicycle. Right. We had great support from TSN who provided us with AV and music and sure. all this stuff. And Shout um, out to Celeste. From shout the, out to Celeste. From the, the street the, team. The street team. About. She's great. She showed up at uh, the Ottawa Hospital Staff Appreciation Week this year. Um, and in my other life, I work at the Ottawa, <laughs> we both work at the Ottawa Hospital. And I did the dunk tank at this uh, Staff Appreciation Week. And she please, filmed it and put it on TSN. Is mostly low. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Simpsons quote. I, yeah, um, 
and it was laugh along. <laughs> sure, hey, that funny. sounds funny. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to see like genuine fear in my eyes, go if you can uh, go to Instagram and and see that video because it was time. so much scarier than it looked. <laughs> <laughs> well, this sounds awesome. Like I said, we'll uh, we'll put the links in the show notes. I highly recommend people check this out, especially like. You can't get much better. Like, it's trivia night. It's craft beer. It's for a good cause. What else do you need, right, on a on a Tuesday night at the end of November when exactly. the world is kind yeah. of starting to suck around yeah. you? Well, starting to. There's a lot of parts <laughs> of the more. world. Right. <laughs> it, and it's worth noting, uh, like Vanessa said, the proceeds go to the Osaic Foundation. Yeah. Um, all the money made from this event in particular goes to their division of of keeping and getting young girls and keeping them involved in sports right. which is something that's very challenging young girls drop out of sports uh, around the age of 13 or 14 at a rate exponentially higher than young boys mm-hmm. so the Osage Foundation works with a lot of organizations that are like geared at keeping young girls involved in sports so that's what we're uh, raising money for here that's terrific uh, let's move on to a couple of things. There's a bunch of stuff on the agenda that we could uh, start with. Why don't you guys, the, the PWHL camps have opened up and they unveiled their jerseys uh, last week to mixed reactions. Uh, the NHL just wrapped up the global series over in Sweden. Uh, Leafs and Wild finished that up on uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, international hockey future. Megan Rapino had a fascinating finish to her her career that didn't go the way anyone uh, predicted. Why don't you guys pick? Where do you want to start here? Oh my god! The power. I don't like this. No, I'll, I'll, I'll choose. You pick. Yeah. yeah, she's a Libra. She doesn't like making decisions. <laughs> um, I know this because she tells me every time we I make her. Most like we talk about all the time. We are yin and yang. We there's like very little overlap between the two of us, but we just complement each other. We yeah. do. Nicely. We're yeah. just happy yeah. to make a decision. Yeah. Like, fine, like, we'll do. I got this for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, the, the, and like, I'm happy to let her do. It. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, why don't we start with Megan Rapino? Let's do that. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. I, sorry, you want to set it up? I was just going to tee it up a little bit. That's all. Yeah, legendary U.S. Uh, women's soccer player Megan Rapino was getting set to to wind down her career and uh, have this nice final evening, right? A retirement game and, and just be celebrated the way an athlete of that caliber deserves to be. And it did not exactly go to plan. Uh, she used a term that I'm not prepared to use because I don't know how to use it when she described <laughs> what happened to her. Any, Can I you, use it? You, yeah, Mikhail's got it. Go. She yeeted her Achilles. <laughs> yeeted. I have heard this term many times. I have seen the cool kids use it, not you, Shrides. Uh, I have seen people. I don't know how to use it. I know it's not a good thing. What happened to Rapino in her final game? So to like add a bit more to sure. this game, this was the NWSL championship game. This was it. This was yeah. This was not a kind little walk away. This wasn't a friendly. This no. Was, no this this was, mattered. Uh, and the story going into it was Megan Rapinoe on one side with Ol Rain finishing her career. This is going to be her last game. And then Allie Krieger on the other side with Gotham FC, also her last game. These are two legends in the U.S. Women's National Team uh, in American soccer in general. And and one of them was going to walk away a champion, but both of them were walking away from the game. We knew that much. And two minutes and 25 seconds into this game, Megan Rapinoe goes down with no contact. No one was around her. And immediately she knew something was wrong. She said in the the post-game press conference, like, she knew she tore her Achilles. You picture Jeremiah Masoli in this sort of get up on your own and go down on it. It was, yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, It uh, it was heartbreaking, honestly, to watch. Like, she, she got... Uh, walked off the. She walked off the field with with help. Obviously, she said she turned down the stretcher and she regretted it immediately <laughs> after. Um, and yeah, this was like such a you know it, 
again, we should say Gotham FC won this game. Allie Krieger walked away a champion. It was an amazing game. It was so exciting. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, Megan Rapinoe ended her career in not the way anybody would have thought or, or anyone wanted to. Yeah. When you think of how amazing her career has been, everything she's done for the sport, she was the face of the sport for a long time. And to have it end like this was, I mean, it was tragic. Mm-hmm. And Go ahead. Sorry. We've talked about it a lot, just the two of us and also on the show, but like, However she ends her career, <laughs> that would be She's Got Game on the TSN radio network. Every weekend? Every weekend. Every weekend. Awesome. I, was, I was like, every, is it? No, nope, we do record <laughs> yep. it every weekend. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Um, but, like, this does not taint her career No, No. This is not – It like, she is still – a legend of this sport and she will continue to be it just really really sucks that this is how she went out after after like it's been like kind of a crappy year for her because she went out of her international career in the world cup mm-hmm. um it, uh, her world cup career she did have a couple world more cup. games with the u.s like friendlies in september <gasps> true true yeah. yeah sorry that's true but like yeah like it's just it hasn't been uh very i don't know starry-eyed kind of Final well, year. For well, her, she ended her World Cup career by missing a penalty kick. Yeah, and she had never missed a penalty kick internationally before. So that was the very first penalty kick she ever missed. Was the last one she ever took. Like this is a legend in the sport, and not just for on field performance. This is someone who took a stand on multiple issues mm-hmm. that were important to her, and and sort of built her uh, fan base or her following as much in that way as what she did on the field. And I think that's a tribute to her, right? The time she was willing to stand up and say, you know, what's being said here, what's being done here is not okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put myself out there in a way that a lot of athletes aren't prepared to do. And so, you know, her stepping away from the game and look, she'll always have her name. She'll always have her legacy. But when you start to step aside, it's a loss for the sporting community that this person won't be in the spotlight as much as she had been, right? Like this is an, a, an important player, not just for her on field, but her, as much for her off field. Um, I was going to say performance. It's not the right word. You know like what I'm saying? Accolades sure. or, impact. or achievements, impact, impacts, any of these things. all of it. Yeah. yeah. Her impact off the field is not just in women's soccer. Mm-hmm. It's not just in America. Like it's international. It's across all women's sports. We're seeing more, equality and and pay equity and all of these kinds of things across the world in women's soccer in other women's sports like that a lot of it has to do with her and and the rest of the team right um the u.s women's national team who you know were with her on this journey Mm -hmm. but she really did she made herself the face of it she put herself in a very vulnerable position um as you know a very openly gay woman mm-hmm. uh and, and very openly a very openly like <laughs> which means something it like means of course it does. that she yeah. was so open about herself and and her relationship like that meant a lot to a lot of people mm-hmm. yeah like so, one, like, uh, certainly one person sitting across the well, table. Well, yes. <laughs> I happen to a bit of a fan of, love uh, her fiance. <laughs> I love her lover. <laughs> no, but like it's. Did I make it weird? I made it weird. No, no, no I <laughs> talked about my sexual awakening earlier, so That's no, true. you didn't make it weird. Um, it 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 really is important. It, it doesn't. I'm trying to get the words right here, but like. It may not seem like a big deal to just be yourself as a gay woman, but it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
America is not a great place for the LGBTQ plus community right now. Canada is not a great place for the LGBTQ plus community right now. And in addition to advocating for that community and doing a lot of work for trans rights in particular, Megan Rapinoe did so much just by being herself and being unapologetically herself and not hiding any aspect of who she is. And I think a lot of young queer people in particular saw that and were absolutely inspired by it just to be themselves openly. How old is Megan Rapinoe? 38. So she may be the last millennial to ever use the word yeet. <laughs> Maybe. Other than us here at this table. Yeah. It, you know it's going out of style <laughs> yeah. when millennials gone, start to right? use it. Yes. <laughs> yes, has gone out of yeah. style when millennials start That's to right. use it. The same way that like when our parents arrived on Facebook was the time that it was time to leave Facebook. Mm, exactly. It, this, mm-hmm. this is sort of how yeet's We are that. Away. Right. We are that. <laughs> We're making things super uncool when we arrive. <laughs> I still say fire all the time. I'm like, oh, that's fire. Like, that was literally a thing <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> I say bomb.com a lot. <laughs> or I'll, like, tell people, oh, you don't. Com. You bomb.com. Don't. Please tell me. And I'll spell it out. Like, bomb, D-O-T, C-O-M. Oh, no. Oh, it's so much And fun. I tell myself I'm doing it ironically, but the people I'm saying it to don't know that. No. 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 Yeah. Okay. So. I, lo- I, love, I love saying yeet. I love saying, like, like. <laughs> I don't do think it. I've ever used it. I I, I try to use it, it ironically, but yeah. like it is also funny. Yeah, like because if you say it in front of like Gen Z, oh my God. <laughs> like they will lose their. No matter minds. what you say in front of Gen Z, they're like, mm, <laughs> they don't know the work we did for them. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't. We walked so they could run. Oh, we lived we, through the days of low rise jeans. What? The apple why jeans are the they bringing the that fur, back? They should not. Stuff. They should not. Oh my god! I, th- I was so proud it's of Gen Z for for doing the the baggy pants. Thing. Baggy pants, sure. Like, let's go. Yeah, comfortable but clothes. Low rise. No, don't they, do that. They, to they don't get girls. credit for starting the baggy pants thing. The baggy pants. No, they brought no, it back. They brought oh. it back. They brought okay. and, and, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, but like skin, skinny jeans were something we did and lived through. Yeah. And low rise jeans. Like I, I say, oh we did. I never wore them. So this was one of those things that I was. I I can't remember if it was like. A Twitter post from like GQ or one of these trendy men's. I said, "Baggy jeans are back." And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Yes. Like, like, I never left. No, that's <laughs> I'm the thing. Happy. It's not like I'm now going to. I'm now. Going I'm claiming to, victory. Like, I brought it back. Doing this again. My, no, I've always been doing it. Yeah. Now it'll just be yeah, in style cool. again. <laughs> Next summer, I'm bringing back jorts. That's the thing. Let's go. <laughs> Again, never left. Yeah, but no. It's the, fitting the, that we went from a conversation about Megan Rapinoe to style. She would be so got proud. It. She's got yeah. great style. God She'd be so she proud. Ever. She is so cool. Like, so cool. I will unfair. never be able to be that cool. Well, that's oh God, true. No. Yeah. No. But, like, that's the thing. Like, you can lower the bar significantly and still use that statement. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you can't even, you can't try to be that cool. That's no, effortless. That's effortless. And if you try, then you're just, I asked my cousin, you're a poser. who's 12 years old, like, very recently, yeah. I was like, how do I, like, act cool in front of, like, other kids? Because it was right before we were doing um, the <laughs> do uh, Sports <laughs> Day the Girls Way. <laughs> we were doing Sports Day the Girls Way. Thank you. And it was a bunch of, like, elementary and middle school how do girls. I look cool and I was like, how do I be cool? And she was like, well, don't try. Yeah. And I was like, oh. So okay. what, what, no, that's crazy. <laughs> and I was like, so, so I just like, I I'm just like, didn't just look at you and go, you got no shot. Like, I mean, <laughs> I think that's what she was like trying to politely, yeah, say. There is a Simpsons quote for this where Bart, Bart tells Marge, like, "Mom, it's not cool to admit you don't care yeah. if you're cool." Well, I don't care, <laughs> and that's what makes me cool, isn't it? No. 
So, I realized that being with my family is more important than being cool. Dad, what you just said was powerfully uncool. You know what the song says? It's hip to be square. That song is so lame. So lame that it's cool? No. Am I cool, kids? No. Good, I'm glad. And that's what makes me cool. Not caring, right? No. Well, how the hell do you be cool? I feel like we've tried everything here. Wait, Marge. Maybe if you're truly cool, you don't need to be told you're cool. I'm sure you do. How else would you know? How do you keep all of this in your brain? Because I forget crucial information <laughs> for my life. That's how. I erase I can't it. remember my wedding anniversary, but I know no. what was said October in 19th. season three episode. Look at you. I remember your day wedding your anniversary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, why don't we talk a little about what the NHL just wrapped up over in Stockholm? I don't know how much attention you guys paid to it, but uh, it was four days of, of four teams over there. The Wild, the Red Wings, the Sens, and the Leafs. Uh, should have been four games, two points for a win in theory in a normal league. That means eight points to be awarded. But in the NHL, everybody gets points. 11 points were handed out, overtime losses all over the place, shootouts and, and this and that. But I'm sort of intrigued by... What you guys think the legacy of these sorts of things are, because they don't do it every year. And and I suppose they do, but like this year it's Stockholm and then it's Helsinki and then it's Prague next year. And it's, I don't know how much attention you're building up, how much you're actually building hockey. Like these are countries that already like hockey. They know yeah. about hockey. I have no problem with occasionally going over there to service those markets, but there doesn't appear to be much of a strategy or a, or a plan. But it's undeniably fun. The content that comes out of it, the Swedes that were playing over there this week clearly loved it, right? Um, and most of them had really good performances while they were there. Does this sort of thing do anything for you guys or just is it just kind of a needless distraction in the middle of a season? I, I, I'm with you in that um, I don't know why they chose these markets. If you want to grow the game internationally, go to countries that maybe don't like hockey as much or where hockey isn't as big. Like Dallas wants to play a game in Mexico City. That's interesting That's to cool. me. That's cool. Like, that's interesting. Like why go to these already big hockey markets that produce a high number of NHL players, right? Now, I agree. It's It was so cool to watch those players who are from Sweden mm -hmm. go home and play there. Like the William Nylander talk show content has been 10 out of 10. <laughs> just like that Willie man. Style. That man is no notes, just vibes. Like yeah. he is he is my goddamn hero. But like it's cool. I've got nothing against it. You know what another great way to grow the game internationally is? Participating in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. Um, I also think that as cool as it is for us to watch, it is – more about the fans there, yep. kind of like the all-star game yep. or the outdoor games. Like it is such a much bigger deal for the fans who are there in the markets. I've been to in. two outdoor NHL games, the one at the big house in Michigan and then the Centennial Classic in Toronto uh, at BMO. Both of them were an absolute blast. The ones that have happened, other teams on TV, I'm over it. I don't care. Yeah. But if it's in your town, if yeah. you get to go, if you have a week celebrating your, that's fine. And so I'm sure Stockholm loved this. Oh, right? yeah. And, but as Sens fans, as Leaf fans, like, 
it's just it's watching a bit of an irritation. Game. It kind of is. Yeah. It's and kind it's of like, oh, it's on at a different time. At a bad time, time. yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Not a bad great time, time Sorry. For me. Yeah, great time. <laughs> <laughs> I love morning sports. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do love when sports are on at a time when you don't expect them to be on. Oh, we're going to get to that. One in the morning? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We will get to Las Vegas because I am very tired. But... Like um, uh, Jets and Dolphins play Friday at three o'clock this coming Friday, oh, yeah. and I'm like, I'm down for that. End of my work day. Yeah, let's watch. So that's for American Thanksgiving, for American, right? Exactly. And Black. They're doing like a random Black Friday game okay. this year, yeah. and it's my team, so I'm absolutely into it. Is this the first time they've done that? Because they always play on Thanksgiving Day on exactly. the Thursday. There's always the. Uh, is, is this it? the, the first Lions, Friday? It's the Cow- Lions and the Cowboys, Cowboys and the and Packers. Then, yeah. And... So yeah, they'll do that on Thursday, but this is the first Friday. Okay. And a random three o'clock game. Yeah. I'm so here for it. I think it's <laughs> wonderful. Um. Yeah. I'm okay. I, like. I think you're right. Like this is it's for the fans that are there. This mm-hmm. is not really doing anything to grow the game, like you said, but I think it's just like it's a fun celebration. It's great for the players. Keep they can hooked. have their families there. Um, like you said, Willie Styles had like what, like Ugh. fifty family members oh, in the crowd this. the other night. Like it's just so, I think that's so fun for them. So he had five points while he was over there, including the overtime winner in Aww. Toronto's second game. And I mentioned this on the Friday show when Mike Comito was here. Uh, If you're a Leaf fan, I'd recommend you check that one out. He just finished writing, uh, and it's now out and in stores, Leafs 365. It's a great book. Nice stocking stuffer or something like that if you want to check it out. Go back and check that. I mentioned this to him. I have an 87-year-old great aunt who loves the Maple Leafs, but she really loves William Nylander. And she calls him her sweetie pie, which is fun because everybody's uncle also calls him a sweetie pie, but it means a very different thing in the way these people talk about him. But now our whole family has taken to just calling Willie sweetie pie. (laughs) And so after this, and this has happened once before, and I'm sure she doesn't remember it. Things are, she's 87. Uh, After five points in two games over in Sweden, I said, that's not a sweetie pie effort. That's a stud muffin effort. <laughs> and she's like, Matthew, <laughs> language. <laughs> but, I don't know. Did you see the tank top he was wearing? Right. Talk show? That's stud muffin. <laughs> but Dean Brown was on the show last week over there, the play-by-play guy for the Sens. And, and he was saying the same, that this had become, look, the Sens had, had Eric Brandstrom and, and, uh, and Forsberg uh, Gustafson was playing for Minnesota. They had Lucas Raymond for Detroit. Like there were other Swedes, over, but this became the William Nylander show because right now he's as hot as he's ever been in his career mm-hmm. and it just timed out well. And so for excitement, like the storyline ends as well as you could possibly hope for if you were organizing this, that he goes over and has a great tournament. Everybody does, right? Gustafson played well. Branstrom, I believe, got the player of the game in, in Ottawa's second game over there. Uh, Lucas Raymond scored in both games for Detroit. So it all goes as, as a, about as well as possible, but there's a part of me that's just kind of like, all right, like now back to the rest of the season. And I kind of feel like what they used to do where you go over and it's two teams or you could go with four if you wanted to, but they play a couple of local exhibition games against the Swedish elite league team or the Swiss team or whatever. And then you play two games that count two regular season games at the very beginning of the season, and then you come home with like a week before the regular season starts to actually get back acclimatized and over the jet lag and all that sort of stuff. Doing it in November, I mentioned on the show before, Colorado went two years ago. They didn't complain to the media. They didn't talk publicly. They sent a private memo that Friedman got a hold of months later that said, this killed us coming home. Like our, and they're two time zones further 
West than us, but they said our sports science people, it, like three, four weeks later, our guys are not back at their normal breathing rates at their normal skating. Rate. Like this is hard on teams to do mid season. And so I think that's worth taking into consideration. You're sort of balancing, um, you know, whether or not this is worth doing the growth of the game, how it's impacting teams. I, I, I just, I, I would do it in the preseason instead of in the middle of the, like do it in the preseason, then play games that count. Cause that's what gets fans excited. But before you come back home, I, I don't, I don't think I like it in the middle of the season. Daylight savings happened a couple weeks ago. I'm still fine. I'm up. still so you know, <laughs> It's fun. Like, I, I do see what they're saying. It's also, I, I think you could make a case for like, okay, if you're going to send teams over there, make it Eastern Conference teams because there's only a two-hour difference between flying from uh, New York to LA as there is flying from Toronto to to Sure, Stockholm. but now you're always hitting the same teams and asking them to go. Like, remember? That, that's fair, but you two years a lot ago, of teams on the Eastern Seaboard. Two yeah. years ago, they went to China and they sent... I think it was Boston and LA and I would have loved to have been in the meeting where they decided like, okay, our most furthest West coast team and sure, Boston, and why don't Boston, you go to like, I, like I that was weird wonder, to me. Like, I mean, a lot of these guys travel during, uh, the all-star break yep. who don't make the all-star team. A lot of these guys travel during Christmas. A lot of these yeah. Swedish yep. players go home during Christmas or European players in general. Like I see what they're saying and I'm sure there was an impact, but to, to say, like, oh, weeks later, all of our guys were still exhausted. Like, I, again, I, I want to be careful how I paint this, right? Colorado was trying very hard to not publicly whine. Mm. They sent a private yeah. memo, like, this was not meant to be, and that was the year they won the cup. So they, they clearly did okay. They were fine. <laughs> but, like, but, I just would be curious if those same complaints happen when players go away for holidays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Toronto and Ottawa, like in terms of what biases might be sitting at this table, both come home with four points. So I was good with it. Like that's fine, but we'll <laughs> see what happens over the too, next couple so nice. weeks, right? So it's it's interesting. Uh, I think you know what. Listen, the NHL needs as much good things happening as possible because they do nothing really to help themselves. No, they do not. This was kind of a cool thing that yeah. 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 If it made if it made the players happy because like. It made a lot of players happy. Clearly, clearly. it meant a lot to them to yeah. play at home. Yes, and so, I think the, the more you can do to make your players like, oh, and like you Alfie have to was think about the fact front of the line. Matt Sundin was back out in the meet. Like this, yeah, was this cool. meant a lot. This to them. was a lot. Nick Lidstrom on the Red Wing side. Like this was, they made a big deal out of this and did it well. I think, but and this generation of players have not got to play for their country in the Olympics. It's true, and that yes. is incredible. Like Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. has not represented Canada at the Olympic level, which is horrendous. His last international game, I'm pretty sure, was a World Junior game that was in Toronto in 2015. Uh, <laughs> Didn't even get to travel. So There's a good chance he never plays at the Olympic a, level for possible. Canada, which is it, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and it's, so I think it means even more to these players who yeah. get to go home and play in front of their families mm-hmm. and, and be a part of their country. A little closer to home, we saw the, uh, the Ottawa PWHL franchise open up training camp at uh, TD Place. And, um, you know, I don't know what I'm looking at in terms of drills to start (laughs) camps and who looks good and who doesn't like, this is just getting started. The season isn't going to begin until, uh, January, but across the league, we saw these camps open up and you've started to see across all six teams, social media feeds, them trying to build a little momentum, Mm -hmm. trying to create some media. Like in Ottawa, they were down taking pictures in the Byward Market. They were at the 67s games. You're going to see more of that stuff to try and get these names and these faces out there, which is exactly what they should be doing. Uh, We'll get to the the jersey thing because that's its own own issue. But I'm curious what you guys think of of the way this is being rolled out, the media coverage, the 
um, you know, whether or not that this is building momentum the way you would hope it would be at this point. I think it's hard. I speak for myself. I think it's hard to really say because I am very tuned in. Mm -hmm. I follow all of the teams and the PWHL league on, you know, on social media and, and I'm looking for this information. It's hard for me to be unbiased in this. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how much, you know, the casual hockey fan is really paying attention at this point. Right. Training camp, like I hardly pay attention to training camp when it's like my team, sure. in, yeah. you know, NHL or NFL or whatever. Like it, it is what it is, unless HBO is following them around with cameras. <laughs> and I'm not watching. Um, so, like I, like I said, like I, I am looking for this information, and I think they're doing a good job of it. The coverage that I've seen so far is fun. They seem like. Like you said, the Ottawa team, they went on a, they did like a scavenger hunt yes. in downtown Ottawa the other day. And I like seeing that kind of content. I like getting to know these players. I don't know a lot of these players, quite honestly, no. um, the Ottawa players. And so it's fun to to get to know them a little bit more. And, and it's nice to see them creating some chemistry with each other a couple months out of the regular season starting, the inaugural regular season starting. So like... And like be at it's the sixty sevens games, like be in places where hockey fans are, because yeah. that's where you're going to land your casual fan who is like, oh, cool. Like, I'm sure they'd heard about it, but maybe it slips your mind mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, like I sat and I watched the draft, but after, I don't know, round three, round four, like, I, cool. They're playing for Ottawa. Wikipedia. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and like, to, uh, we talked about this on the show around the draft, Matt. Like, this is the same way I approach every draft. I'm right. like, okay, first round's done. Cool. I'm 100%. Out. <laughs> like, this is a bigger deal because it was the first one. But like, yeah, it was, it was kind of boring near the end, which means it was a very well-run draft. Right. Yeah. And I always say that there are two big days in every sports fan's life. The day they fall in love with their sport and the day that they realize that the preseason of that sport means absolutely <laughs> nothing. And I know it's the first preseason. It's the first training camp. It's, it's going to be a little bit, you know, more of a big deal. But it's still preseason. And, and like, I I, you know, we're following it because we have to through work, but mm-hmm. I think where the real hype will begin well, what do you is, work again? What do you put in a, she's got a game oh. on TSN radio network. Right. Um, uh, I think where the every real weekend, apparently every weekend, yeah, news to me, <laughs> uh, where the real excitement will begin is in January when, when we finally see official puck drop. And, you know, I, I think it's important that, yeah, right now the 67s, like it, it would be, I, admittedly have not been to a 67s game yet this season but like it would be cool if while people were there there were advertisements for the PWHL right. season mm-hmm. because it's in the same building right that it yep. only benefits them to promote it um I will say for the Ottawa side like it was a little disappointing to learn that uh Soroya Tinker was mm-hmm. uh retiring she was one of the players named to the training camp roster um she's playing with the PHF um she was one of the most I think entertaining players with the Toronto Six and um, she did a lot for for young black girls in hockey, and, mm-hmm. and she's retiring. So unfortunately, we won't get to see her uh, play with Ottawa. But I mean, in general, I, I just I'm really looking forward to the season starting. And actually, like, we can talk all we want about the players and the roster and what they're going to look like. I just want to see what they look like. I just want to see it. I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. Well, that's maybe a natural segue into what they're going to look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, last week, we did see the PWHL unveil their jerseys. And, you know, I, I don't know what the term you'd use, stock jerseys, right? Like they, they they look like each team, they all look basically the same. Obviously they have different colors, but it says your city name down in kind of diagonal letters and it's, it's fine. And we should emphasize that these are just for the first season. This is not permanent, but when they came out, there was sort of 
a reaction, and then a reaction to the reaction, as there always is, and then sort of this locking of horns on Twitter, which is always like a super civilized conversation where everyone respects everyone else's point of view. Mm -hmm. Uh, But honestly, there seemed to be, and maybe I just, as an overly negative person, I'm following the wrong, otherwise also negative people. People seemed disappointed. And I think that's okay. I think that's a fair outlook to say, look, this is a bit of a bummer, even with the knowledge that this is just for one year so they can get up and going. But at the same time, there's like a hesitation. Like there's a, there's a, there's a lot of people who want to see this do well. They want this to succeed. And so any sort of maybe attack is too strong of it, but any criticism is like, oh, so you're shitting on the league. And you're like, well, no, they've done a lot of things well, but they didn't maybe do this well. I'm curious what you guys thought as they sort of unveiled these. <laughs> okay, I'll go first because I'm more neutral. And, oh, I'm, okay. and then we'll let Fiery Michaela come out. I'm less fiery about this than I was. Okay, I'll say that's that. good. <laughs> I talked, talked myself it out down. a couple times. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I don't hate them. Hmm. I'm not wowed by them. I don't think they're fantastic. Would you buy one? Would I buy one? Yeah. I don't know if I'll buy a jersey. I'm not really like a jersey kind of person, okay. but I will probably buy something. For See, which I want a hat. Which team, it. Vanessa? I want a hat. Oh. oh, oh is it? <laughs> which team are you going to buy uh, for? Oh, no. Do you want to uh, talk for them? Uh-oh. Okay, so guys, something oh, no. has happened. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to the wrong room of people for this one, by the way. Something has happened. I don't know what has come over me, um, but just a... a it's like everything is coming together for me to become a Boston fan. And I've never said that in my life. What? In what? my life. What? Matt. Exactly. Matt, what? listen to me. That's what I said. They are calling themselves the Boston Wicked. They are. I'm sorry. The greatest, <laughs> the greatest game of all time <laughs> in any sport. It's not even close. Their colors are. That's silly. <laughs> Their colors are forest green and white. My entire apartment is forest green and white. Everything about them. I just, it's, it's beautiful and wonderful. It's Boston. I it's know. Boston. I know. It's not beautiful. It's Boston. Are you or well, are, are you not a knock? A knock? A knock? Oh, a knock. Oh, that's narc. what I fucking said. How come your Boston accent sound like your New York accent? Because that's a Boston accent. Don't that let is. them. Okay. The perfect phrase. Chow down. The per, chow down. Chow down. It's chow down. The perfect phrase to Say get every aspect of the Boston accent is the Boston Police Department. Because everyone <laughs> everyone said, yeah. everyone thinks it's got to be, oh, it's Boston. That's a Chicago accent, mm-hmm. by the way. Okay. Everyone thinks that O's become A's with Boston. That's not true. They just don't pronounce their R's. But they do have a bit of New York twang. In their O's, in mm. that their O's are not O's, they're O's. O's. So it's the Boston Police Department. <laughs> anyway. This woman has watched The Departed. I have watched you. The Departed many times. <laughs> I Just very quickly, oh I God. rewatched that movie again like a month ago. Fuck, it's amazing. It's a great movie. Holy yeah. shit. Are you a good. co-op? <laughs> Sorry. I'm not a co-op. <laughs> I'm not a co-op. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so like, I, awesome. I don't mind the jerseys and I'm a Boston fan. Michaela, what right. are your thoughts and feelings? So I'm not going to lie. Initially, I was part of that crowd of what the actual fuck <laughs> is this? I've worn beer league jerseys that right. were nicer than this. Someone said these were done in Corel Draw. And I said, ma'am, <laughs> that is an insult to Corel Draw. I used to work for Corel, full disclosure. Um, but I've come around on them a bit. Listen. 
a lot of people have made the argument that, you know, this league was announced 80 some days ago and they haven't had that much time to get up and running. And I'm like, okay, but they didn't they, like they knew about the league before 80 days yes. ago. They <laughs> found out 80 days. Exactly. Ago. Like or... there was a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes before 80 days ago. Really, they've had four years since the CWHL f- folded and the PWHPA was created. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little more critical of them than I think some people. But at the same time, I am not in their offices and I don't know the behind the scenes discussions that went into this, maybe they have logos and team names ready to go. And, and there's some sort of holdup legally that is not my area of expertise that is stopping this. I mean, we, I'm just talking about the wicked. We don't know that that is for sure. No, no, that's just six names that were announced or not announced copyrighted. That's all we We know. We only know that, that, and I wonder if though, I I wonder if that's a part of this, like, cause the reception to those names wasn't great either. But that's, you know what, Matt, it didn't matter what those names were going to be. The reception would have been the same. The reception. Well, you and I, I think, talked about this is the last time you were in here. That's How what, did people react what the to fuck that? is a red black, right? Like, and so that's what happens. I, I do understand. But I love the names. I love I love all Every the names. One. I honestly, I, I was I was so happy that they were all co- was a collective noun. Yeah, collective. Yeah. yeah, I love that they're all not plural. Singular. Yeah, yeah I the love Ottawa that. Alert, the Boston Wicked, the New York Sound. The Montreal Echo, Toronto Torch, and Minnesota Superior. Nailed love it all. I love. I honestly, I love them all. <sighs> so good. I don't have a problem with singular names. It feels weird that you would like make a point for all six of you to have to do not, and not that they had it's on, to. It's a, it's a, it's part of the brand. Of the I, brand. Guess, I guess. You know what? I love consistency. Love consistency. As, as a communications professional, yeah. I do love consistency. <laughs> like it's weird to me, and I do understand. I, I agree with you on the red blacks thing. Like, what the fuck does that mean? And, and well, what you, are we all? And then you just get, get used there. to it. I, I have the sweaters. I have the hats. I, I'm looking like, at I, a red blacks jersey right, right now. Exactly. So you get used to it. But I would have preferred to get used to, like, to me, there's a different, like, I liked the idea of tipping your cap to the Ottawa Alerts back at the beginning of this. The Ottawa Alert, it's less cool to me. I don't know. Like, again, you get used to it. But that level is subjective. Like, your opinion is totally valid. Of course it is. But, like, for me, I saw that and I was like, I like that even more than the Alerts. It's stronger. Okay. Like, when I say Ottawa Alert, like, that's, that's strong. That's a strong name. And, yeah, it's a cool nod to the... Former team, and, and again, I love I love singular names in sports teams. So it's th- this is all subjective, and these are all rational conversations sure. to have. So on the jersey thing, like I, I guess to me, what was interesting was this sort of debate being shut down. Like it was all being taken as an attack on the league, which I don't think is fair. I think if you're going to be, you know, a, a serious professional sports league, yeah, you're probably going to take some shit sometimes. And to me. This was the first real misstep. To me, this was the first time I looked at this and went, this feels kind of rushed out. Yep. This feels a little like we weren't quite ready, whether these six names that we just rhymed off are going to be the names or not, or whether they put them out, you know, you, you copyright them knowing it's going to leak and then gauge the reaction and then circle back and do something else. The jerseys come out and people are sort of like, well, it, there's nothing to these. There's no logos I don't know. I just feel like at this point in time, with the drop of the puck two months away, you should start to see hats around town, T-shirts around town. We don't have names yet. We don't have logos yet. The jerseys are all sort of cookie cutter. And I, I this to me, like I said, the draft, incredibly well done. The announcement's well done. The, the, the announcing of the coaches and the GMs, like everything's been. And then last week happened, I'm kind of <sighs> like this. This is the first time to me you kind of go. 
maybe you're rushing this out a little bit and, and you weren't quite as ready as you should have been or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. We said the exact same thing yeah. on the show. Like it, everything the PWHL had done up until this point felt unlike the previous leagues, mm-hmm. well felt thought out, league. well planned. And yeah, this kind of feels like, okay, someone dropped the ball. So, and again, I'm, I'm speculating because yep. I don't know what, what goes on behind the scenes. Same. But it feels like they missed the mark somewhere and now they're stuck with this. And at, and I will say at the same time, um, like I criticize the NHL almost every day. Every week and on yet, this podcast. I, yeah. They're fucking something I watch. I watch yep. every Sens game that I can. Yeah, like criticizing leagues is normal. No. Critici- and, and I think like, we should be able to criticize yeah. leagues because I, I, I did see someone say – like, yeah, the PHF had amazing branding. The PHF also doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Right. So, like, am I – I think we are all yeah, – I think any, that was Zoe any, yeah, who tweeted out that trying to sell people on wearing a dead brand is not a great place to start. Exactly. Right? And like, any criticism of this is very valid. Holly Every Morrison, fan... who's been on this show before, used to work at the Ice Garden, and now she's doing her own thing. Who I've – have to be very careful because I once before accidentally introduced her as Holly Madison, which is a whole other industry <laughs> that she does not uh, work for. You're thinking Holly of Ashley Morris. Madison. I am thinking of Ashley Madison, Madison, but I still called her Holly Madison. And <laughs> it went to a bad place. Uh, look, she put out a thing that said, look, it, it, same as what we're talking about here. If, if you're going to be a serious pro league, then you need to be aware of the fact that your fans didn't like this. Yep. It's okay to criticize them. It, not every criticism is going to be fair. As you said, a lot of this stuff is subjective. But if the first time you put something out, a lot of people all kind of went, ah, I don't know. That's It's okay to voice that. These yep. are the people you're trying to sell the product to. Mm-hmm. If they're not criticizing, they don't care. Yep. Yeah. Like it's, I think this is great. Like the, This kind of debate is really important. Yeah, and people give a shit. Every, I think every opinion of these jerseys is a right one. Like you have, Ooh, I like that. Right? Thank you. Not yours, Vanessa. Uh, you except Boston for Vanessa, fan. she's always yeah, wrong. No, um, no, but like you have as a fan a right to have an opinion, and it doesn't mean you're not going to support the league. No, that you're you're voicing your criticism because you care, or you're defending the decision because you care. And but like I have a hat for of, every team I've ever cheered for. I'd like to be able to, and you will. Like, like I that's will. The thing. This is but just by the January first... when I go to the first game. Does yeah. that mean you're never going to buy a hat? Though? No, of course it doesn't. <laughs> well, but so, I want. You'd, you'd like but that stuff to be out there now. The reason That's that they, fair. Yeah. I think the reason, because we talked the other day on the show about like, why do they need to rush this? Why did they do this now? They could have just done it in January. And I thought about it afterward, after we talked about it on the show, um, Christmas is coming up. Like mm. it's a holiday season. The league is starting in January. Now's a great time to get the stuff out there. That's a We're really good start point. To be able to buy it over the next couple, I of can weeks, already probably. buy it at the local Canadian Tire and, and make it myself. Sure, it's but it's not going to be officially <laughs> branded. No. It's not going to be. And, and these like, are going to the PHL, yeah. PWHL. They're making money off. Yeah, of it, right. Like yeah. I think that's a really so good point. I think that might have something to do with it. So get uh, yeah, the name absolutely. out there. Get the logos out there. Let me buy that. I, I, I agree, but I'm just saying, like, there. I, I imagine, I j- do truly believe there are smart people running this league. 100%. Something had to happen to stop that from coming out. There must be some sort of red tape that is is blocking it. I guess so. Should you have gotten that red tape figured out earlier? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and they're already sending out emails, too. I don't know if you guys got I'm sure you did. I got another update on, you know, because I had bought during the draft the, whatever, you send in your 50 bucks and mm. get a deposit on being first in line for tickets and stuff. Like they're starting to to get people in line to buy season tickets. They haven't announced in some of these markets where these home games are going to be. They they have announced every stadium. 
okay, that must have happened this week because I know. Did. Yeah, okay. I think okay. it was like late, yeah. early last week. Because I think yeah. the New York one was the one that sounded like it might bounce around a bit. And, yeah, that's yeah. going to be actually, this is one of my pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> as a Not to bring up the New York Jets again, but as a New York Jets uh, fan who had to go to New Jersey to watch some play recently, <laughs> um, the New York team will be playing in Connecticut, yeah. <laughs> which is not is New York. Not New York. It is not. Not, not even New Jersey. It's not even <laughs> the tri-state area. <laughs> Like what? I anyway. Well, it's I neither think, here nor there. Wait, wait. I think Connecticut is one of the. Th- no, it's New Jersey, New York, New York, and then isn't it Rhode Island? Oh, no, I thought it was. A, I think it's Connecticut. Is it Connecticut? I think it's Connecticut. That <laughs> <laughs> is Pennsylvania. Okay. It is not. What is the tri-state? <laughs> <laughs> what is the third state in this situation? Can we Google? We should Google. Yeah, there are people I'm fairly screaming. But still, regardless, Connecticut is far. It, from <laughs> New Connecticut York. is far. It is. It doesn't even sound like New York. It, <laughs> Connecticut to me is New England. Yeah. New York is not New England. Connecticut is Rhode New England. Rhode Island's to me. pretty New England. What is the tri state? Oh, okay, the tri state. Oh, it is Connecticut. Oh, yep. I am okay. wrong. Okay, okay first I was like, that's more than three states. <laughs> there are four states in the tri state area. <laughs> oh, is Rhode Island a state? Did I get that wrong? It, it's a it's state, a state, but, state right? but it's okay. in it's New England. She's small. She's okay. just wee. Just a week. Just we. She'll be cheering for Boston. Like I Vanessa. used to get Long Island and Rhode Island mixed up. Oh, so I can never remember if Long yeah, Island, Island is a state. Yeah. Don't take geographical opinions from me. <laughs> Let's take a little break here. Matt needs a new beer and, and Shrides has to regroup <laughs> after waving it. Uh, Rhode Island versus Long Island. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's bring us back in here. I got another beer. I, I know, uh, Vanessa, you're uh, you're sticking with the pomegranate Mio. And, uh, uh, it's Tang. 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 Orange. Okay. Berry Classic. pomegranate what? Yes. See, I remember the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and Shrides, you got to drive, so you're uh, sticking with your Still working on my Vimy Northeast. Or whatever it was, yeah. yeah. I have moved over. This is the uh, Northeast. Well, I, every goddamn time. New England, New England IPA. N-E-I-P-A. It could be Northeast. New England is it in the Northeast. It could be thing, yeah. Yep. Uh, this one from Broadhead. Looking forward to that. Just clocking in a little over uh, 6%. Speaking of beer, though, I do want to shout out our friends over at the Nita Beer Company. They are, at this point in November, just wrapping up sales on that uh, Nita Beer advent calendar. And they do this every year. 21 different breweries this year involved. Um Still time to get yours. Just visit needabeer.com. And uh, Andy will be in here at some point, probably next week. And uh, we'll talk to him about this year's edition, just like we do uh, every year. And a minute ago, you guys were talking about movies that may or may not have been believable. This was all off air, right? All in the green green room. Big earthquakes. 35 years ago this week, Shrides, you posted on your Twitter account. Don't do it. The land before time. Don't do it. Why would you bring it up? Oh, that? I don't... No, no. Let's not... I can't... <laughs> I, so I I'm quote sorry. tweeted that and I said, people wonder why millennials are so mentally unstable. Our trauma started here. Yes. I can't even think of that The movie opens scene. with like, by the way, your mom died. Yeah. This Little, like, here's what, some right? generational trauma for you, kid. Oh. oh my God. And the musical... No. Mm-mm, no. There's a musical? No, the musical soundtrack. Oh, like, yeah. like yeah. The, I hear the musical score and I want to cry. Oh. oh I can't it's just, Jesus Christ, it's so sad. 35 years Also, old. fun fact, I thought that um, uh, Sarah, the dinosaur. Tri- oh, three she's horn. so the, cute. Longhorn. Tri- three Sarah, uh, she was a three horn. Three horns. Um, Don't I thought play her name with was, long necks. Exactly. <laughs> I thought her name was Sarah, S-A-R-A-H. No, it is Sarah, C-E-R-A, as in Triceratops. Oh, Only clever. learned that this year. Did not know that. Adorable. That's I thought it was clever. just Sarah. <laughs> that's yeah. cute. Right? It's very cute. 
I also still call dinosaurs by the names that I learned in Land Before Time, like Three Horns and Long Necks. Long Necks, Little Foots, and we watched that movie a kajillion times. So much. I did not. I've made you made the good choice. I think my mother was like, "Mm, "This is affecting her in a way (laughs) that is abnormal," and so. While we're on movies that like, traumatize well, We're not us. moving off this movie yet. This is like, to me, Sharptooth may be the greatest movie villain of all time. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, I still call me. T-Rex a Sharptooth. Yeah, <laughs> and like there's that scene where they're like running from him and like they tumble down this like tunnel cave thing and like the camera in an animated way, <laughs> animated camera, points back at like the entrance and he's he's sticking his head in there and he's just like lashing out and trying to Oh yeah, to that is a yell. scary scene. I, I had nightmares about that for years. Like, yeah. it's, it's like I'm doing whatever I'm doing, but there's sharp tooth that's sticking his head in the window. Anyway, yeah, now it, we can talk about other I, well, I was just going to say like, I, I need a little therapy. Here. <laughs> I didn't cry at movies as a kid. Like I, I, I watch movies now that I Ursula watched as a kid and just scared like, the shit out of me. Not yet. Or, oh, I love Ursula. Um, I never cried except the fox and the hound. Oh yeah. And I remember watching that as a, my mom like put me in the TV room and like put the movie on, like went to do stuff like any mom would. That's how you shut up kids <laughs> in the nineties. And I watched this movie and like, I was so distraught. I ran into the living oh, room, like no. sobbing. And my mom thought I was hurt. She's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, they left the fox in the morning. Like just beside myself. I can't even Can't think of that movie. What? Ha- <laughs> like, what is so? I've never see this. Like, you say it out loud. It doesn't sound that sad. This no, lady I, abandons her pet fox in the forest. That and is the, like very sad. I can't even talk oh, about who had, it. Who has a pet fox? That's a very good question. <laughs> But Why would no, she do that? Because the whole premise is like this fox becomes friends with the hound dog next hunting, door, hunting but dog. it's a hunting dog and they are trained to hunt foxes. Oh, no. So she was worried for his safety. So she left him in the forest because she knew that was the best move for him. And oh my God, it is the saddest scene oh. in the world. Anyway, I don't like that. No, don't watch it. I did not watch a lot of Disney growing up. No, they because they, their whole the best, MO is to traumatize yeah. you. Like just, no, absolutely not. Oh. Bambi's mom? No. Fleen. No, wait, that's Bambi's girlfriend. Anyway. Multiple. <laughs> I don't remember Bambi that well. I don't. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. It. I remember Thumper. <laughs> sure. He was funny. Anyway, sports. 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 Yeah. Sandlot. Mighty Ducks. Sandlot. The Big Green. The Triple D. Those are my kind of movies. Big Green. The Big Green. That remember The Big one. Green? That was such a sick movie. My, uh, little Giants. <laughs> little Giants. Oh, Icebox. I, I, I yes. tried so hard to put a uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my helmet playing oh, hockey. It never worked. <laughs> I, like, I used to try to use I like a... Remember Rookie of the Year? Rookie oh, of the Year. That's Henry Rowan Gardner. Did, that's my boy. Was that your first crush? That's my, yeah. You're like, did Henry you say Rowan funky Gardner. butt love? That's <laughs> the only line I remember <laughs> from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, what a film. That man went on to be in American Pie. <laughs> yeah. Really? That he's he's Kevin in American also Pie. I've never seen American Pie. What the hell? What? Yeah. And you call yourself a millennial. Well, I don't. I think it's just by nature of where I was born. I don't call myself that. Drop everything. No one's watching football today. We're, you got to go watch American Pie. American we're all watching so it. Oh, but it's a really big Jets game. <laughs> okay, well, you can watch it tomorrow. Is okay, it, though? It's just the Bills. Why don't we talk a little about uh, the afternoon that we're we're embarking on? I know uh, it is also NFL Sunday, but I'm curious, you know, just sort of quickly, because the game is in the past for the good listener as we drop this on Monday. We don't know what's happened in the Grey Cup between mm-hmm. uh, Montreal and uh, Winnipeg, but I'm we're curious. going to watch the game between the Montreal Alouettes <laughs> and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I did get that reference. There you go. That's funny. <laughs> 
Did you know that that's done because The Simpsons is ed- animated a year ahead of time? So no. they, they did not know who would be the teams. And so, like, I, for the longest time, thought it was because, like, Fox didn't have the rights to whatever at that year, like, why they might be covering their mouths in that episode of The Simpsons when they say the teams. It's because they do Simpsons, like, a year out. Okay. And so they knew this was going to be the post-Super Bowl episode. Mm-hmm. And so when Homer and Mo are talking in that scene, they both cover their mouths. <laughs> and. So and like they don't try and hide it at all, as you said, it's framed just it's like part of, the yeah. Denver Broncos. <laughs> I always thought it was so they could make Hillary. the episode relevant <laughs> Bill down Clinton the line. And his wife, Hillary. Hillary. <laughs> I always thought it was so they could make the episode relevant down the line. It's because they didn't know who the teams were going to be, and so they wanted to cover the mouths in case the syllables were off, and then they would come in and voice it once the that's Super Bowl great. was actually in set. In the two weeks. Right. Between, that's smart. So we have the Owls and uh, the Bombers on Sunday night. And I'm just curious because the Grey Cup has sort of had this up and down legacy. I know, you know, you guys attend a lot of CFL games. It's been difficult as a Red Blacks mm-hmm. fan to keep that fandom fired up. But I'm just sort of curious where the Grey Cup still ranks in your you know, sports fandom, those those one day every year that comes around, like it's an annual event. Do you still care? Is it dependent on the team? Like, where are you at with the, the Grey Cup? I mean, I'm not as big of a CFL fan as Michaela is, so I'll start off by saying I'm like, like I'm going to tune in because I always do. After the Jets. I'm after the Jets, naturally. They play <laughs> 425 against the Bills. We were going to see the Jets. Um, but I am not like super jazzed about it okay. this year. No. I feel like previous years I have been. I think I'm very disillusioned with the CFL because yeah. of the Red Blacks, to yeah. be quite honest. Would you? Um, would it have done more for you if the Argos were still in? Only, no. no, I know you're not a fan, but like that 16-2 and two all-time, it's not, it's not Patriots-Giants mm-hmm. in 08 or whatever, but like Sometimes having that, to me that. It's, sometimes it's it's nice to have Bringing that. Bringing up like really tragic events in your life. That villain, right? That you, you were know, the villain in Michaela's life today. <laughs> that's okay. It's not the first day that's happened. Um, like, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. having that final boss mm-hmm. that you have to conquer or something that wouldn't have done it for you. Not for me. No. No. I. I. Again, like this season. I think early on in the season, I. I had hope for the Red Blacks. I thought maybe we could get something. And then it just became so disappointing that I just, I I didn't watch any other CFL. Like I just, I, at at like midpoint of this season, I was like, okay, this season's a wash for me. Better luck next year. I'll try Didn't watch any of the East West final? No. No. I didn't. I followed it on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. I didn't tune in like to a second of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that Montreal Toronto game was... You know, if you're a storyline person, if you're looking for something to talk about, like that was as wild as it gets, mm-hmm. this Toronto team that was being talked about amongst the best CFL teams of all time uh, that didn't even make the Grey Cup sort of erases that argument or that discussion, but yeah. it was interesting to watch it happen. What about you, Shrides? Where are you at with the Grey Cup? So Josh and I try to go to the Grey Cup every year. Yeah. Um, we didn't go last year because, I don't know if you know this, Regina doesn't have a ton of hotel rooms. <laughs> um, and it was like, we're going to have to stay in Moose Jaw and drive to Regina. And I was like, I'm not doing that. And <laughs> we went to the Grey Cup in 2021 when it was in Hamilton last. And so we were going to go this year, but it was going to end up costing like $2,000 for what? a weekend in Hamilton, like between hotel, <laughs> gas, tickets. I'm like, I can get to Europe for that. I'm not going to Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton. For $2,000. So we we decided to sit this one out. And, and I'll admit, like, 
I love the Grey Cup. I love everything that surrounds it. Being at the Grey Cup is so much different than watching it mm-hmm. on TV. Similar to what we talked about with these outdoor games. Exactly. These, like, like, if you're there, it's awesome. And the festivals. Yeah. And, like, I full credit to the Grey Cup committee because getting Carrie Underwood for the festival mm-hmm. and then getting Green Day for the halftime show. Yep. Like, those are these some are big names. Big names. It's like a couple years ago when they had Keith Urban. Like, that's not my... Style of, that's a big that's a name. Band. That's a big name. That's a huge name, and uh, I I thought that like that's so great, and and I honestly was a little mad I didn't get Grey Cup tickets when they announced that Green Day was doing the halftime show because right. I'm a big Green Day fan. Sure, um, but other than that, like I'll admit I haven't been as dialed into the playoffs as I was in previous years. Right. Uh, we were not allowed to turn on the Argos game in my house <laughs> uh, after a certain point last uh, last yeah. week. Yeah, uh, because it didn't go well. It did not. And I'll, and I'll admit, like from a storyline perspective. I do like when it's best on best. I do like when in the playoffs you get the actual best teams in the regular season. And if it had been Winnipeg and Toronto, that's exactly what it would have been. Yep. It's still interesting with Montreal being this kind of underdog. Sure. And they've been kind of hot in the second half. Like, yep. we, you never know. But yeah, Toronto, Winnipeg, the rematch. Like, I don't know. I, I was going to say it's a better story. I guess it depends who you ask, right? Like it's, it's also been those two teams for the last yep. like yeah. five years, right? <laughs> yes. It's been one or the other. Right. Um, and I get that that gets a little boring. I'm going to watch it. And mm-hmm. and Josh and I are definitely looking forward to it. We've kind of made plans to like have a nice dinner and like have some snackies and sure. and, and watch the... sound like a child. Snackies? Snackies. <laughs> We're going to have some snackies. Um, Can I have some chippies? And and like we love the Great Cup. We, yeah. we we normally have people over for it this weekend. We just didn't... Like it was, it was a bit, bit of a busy weekend. Yeah. But, I was trying I'm trying to think where I watched it last year. You were at my house. Yeah. I was like, why didn't I get an invite? Well, that's awkward. I'm going to show up. (laughs) They know what you show up. That's a commitment. I'm I'm going to bring snackies. Come on, bring snackies. We have a fresh keg. You can't drink bubbles. I can't drink it, but I'll be happy. Can I come too? And sound of window rolling yeah, up. Exactly. I get that <laughs> um, a lot. Yeah, like it. I love the Grey Cup. It's super fun. I'll admit this year I'm maybe a little less. It seems in. like uh, culturally or whatever, it's on one of its low mm-hmm. ebbs. Yeah, or like it goes up and down a little bit. And uh, no offense to Regina or Hamilton, but I also think that has a little bit to do with why the last couple of years. Because like, see, I don't agree with that. I think that's part of the charm of the CFL, right? Is these I get that they have to go to every city. Yeah. And like Regina, I want to go to a game at Mosaic Field right. so so bad. It's just I was not willing to deal with that. Like Hamilton's um, of no tough. interest to me, but going to Winnipeg that would have been cool. I, I, I guess I get what you're saying, right? The locations do matter, but like, now, like even Regina, example, that's the heart of the CFL. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we've made a point like we're going to go to a Saskatchewan Rough Riders game at some point because yeah. I think that is the mecca. That's that, that which feels weird to say, and, and it is the most CFL thing in the world. Like that's the mecca of the CFL. But I'm going it's to true. China, y'all. It's so true. Yeah. And I lo- one of the reasons I love the Grey Cup is because it gives you an excuse to see a Canadian city you probably wouldn't be going to otherwise. Yeah. Like I have no reason to go to Winnipeg, no. but the next time yeah. it's in Winnipeg, I'm probably going to go. Right. And next year it's in Vancouver, and we are absolutely going because we can make a fun trip out of that. This year it was just like we've been to Hamilton. See, that's less interesting to me. I don't really? Know, I don't know really? why. Vancouver's Vancouver. a beautiful city. Oh, I've been there a couple times. It's awesome. But mm-hmm. to me, the CFL is your Calgary, Edmonton, Regina, Winnipeg, Frank, Ottawa, and Hamilton. Probably like Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. They got everything else. Those are big markets. They're fair. they're big cities. I want to see the CFL's big event in That's in fair. those heartland. Mm-hmm. You know, can I tell you why I'm looking forward to Vancouver? Though I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sure, their owner gets big names. 
That's he true. got That's LL true. Cool J to perform at their home opener. <laughs> and I know that might not mean a lot to the kids, but to us 90s kids. Us millennials. Oh, my God. Can you people imagine? People who yeet things. People who yeet things. <laughs> can you imagine who they're going to get for the Grey Cup in Vancouver oh, with that kind of connection? Nelly Furtado. Make, oh my God. I, I love Nelly Furtado. I, I, I would 100% go see her. Um, make no mistake, the reason they got, I have a feeling the reason they got Green Day is because of the connections they have through some of these owners. And the Vancouver mm. owner has a lot of great connections. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they get. But I, I see your point that think those bigger markets are the smaller markets. The, the to CIL. me, the game, yeah, the game kind of gets lost in those bigger markets. Whereas, like, if it's in Winnipeg or it's in Ham, like that is the thing. That's oh, what yeah. that's what the city's doing this week, yeah. right? And so I, I, I kind of needs dig to that. survive in those big markets, yeah. though. Yeah. I'm, I'm very no, passionate right about, about this about the CFL surviving in Vancouver and Toronto in particular because those are two of the toughest markets, but they're two of the most important. Uh, speaking of important markets and, and trying something different in, in big places, the F one. <gasps> oh. Okay, see Vanessa. Should gone. I just leave and let her? Stay? I, I got, do you want some How room? Much time can I? I got to stand off. up for this one. So, so F, <laughs> I got things to say. So the uh, so Formula One mm. had their first appearance in Las Vegas, and this sort of was controversial all over the place. In the weeks leading up, the people of Las Vegas the, who actually live there and don't just vacation there like the rest of us what? were somewhat <laughs> pissed off with construction and ramps being created and, and all kinds of things like that. Closures. And- yeah, and this was also uh, going to run at 10 p.m. local time in Vegas. That's 1 a.m. Eastern time, and I guess this was supposed to be to sort of half satisfy Europe, right, where it would be a morning event over there but like this was a bit of a gong show and they tried to get hotels to pay big money to like let you come sit at the windows while these cars race down the strip and i don't know i i like that you try different things i like that it's a unique backdrop but this seemed like a bit of a gong show it's now in the rear view how to come off oh matt i don't even know where to begin honestly um you're right. They tried it. I genuinely don't know where to start. I want to talk about every <laughs> fucked up thing that happened in this stupid weekend. I um, I I like that they tried something different. Okay, yeah. sure. I hate that we had three American. This is me being anti-American a little bit, but I hate that we had to have three American races this year. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Miami and Miami and uh, Circuit of the Americas right. in, in Texas. Okay, um, which sure. that one. It, Circus, Circuit of the Americas is like one of my favorite tracks. It's great. And I would love, like that should never leave the calendar. Hmm. Miami is the most boring race. Like it's, 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 it's just bad. It's just bad. Okay. It's just a parade. Um, It's kind of like Monaco, like a knockoff Monaco. It doesn't have any of the pomp and circumstance of Monaco, but right. the same boringness of like a parade of cars. <laughs> That's Miami. And then they put in Vegas and it's like, this is just going to be another one of those. Like they're just doing it to appease what they think is this like really huge new American fan base. Except which has grown right because of the Netflix series survived great work for that. Yeah. Um, And there are these huge fan bases Mm -hmm. uh, in the States. And so, okay, cool. They try to think the way they went about it. They overestimated the power of themselves so much. In I do that the to myself a lot. <laughs> I was saying to Michaela, I, maybe like a month ago, her and I were talking about it. And I can't remember if we were saying like, 
it would be cool to go or whatever. And I was like, yeah, but it's ridiculously expensive. Like the amount just for a ticket was three times as much as any other race as the next most expensive race. Right. Just for a ticket. Then you're paying for hotels and you're paying for, you know, your flights there and well, everything. Well, like I said, even to sit by a window exactly. at one of these hotel bars along the strip was 1500 bucks. Exactly. But as we were talking about it, I said some number, I threw out a number that I know I had seen because I had looked it up. I, I had wanted to go at some point and I showed her, I like pulled it up on my phone and I was like, oh, it's like half price. <laughs> yeah. It, and this yeah. was like a month ago. Right. And then last week, our friend Sarah uh, was like, okay, me and Dan talk. just, <laughs> S-A-R-A-H. Sorry. Um, <laughs> me and Dan just like booked tickets and we're going to go to Vegas because flights, flights were cheap. Hotel was cheap. Like the prices had just dropped so dramatically because F1 pushed people out of Vegas. They made it seem like if you don't have enough money to pay for these ridiculously expensive tickets or seats in hotels to watch this this race, then then you're not welcome here, basically. Like there's no place for you here if you're not willing to dish out all this money. And so it was apparently from everything That's sort of always been the Vegas mantra though. (laughs) It was like a ghost town though. Yeah, yeah. So the whole lead up to it was just ridiculous. The race itself... Well, just before you get to the race itself, did did somebody else like... Just the stupid little things. Did I not see that one of the big drivers... And I, I fully admit I'm not an expert on this stuff. In one of the practice rounds, like... Blew this, up his car hitting a manhole cover or this something. Is where that, I'm going. Okay, yes. take it away. I'm sorry. Carlos Sainz. No, that is all right. But this is like one of the stupid things about how this thing, whole thing has been organized. It's a, it's a street track, which yeah. like we have street tracks sure, lots elsewhere. Of them yep. It's a thing. Um, but they seemingly did no preparation for this street track at all. Um, so Carlos Sainz goes out there. It's nine minutes into the first practice at one o'clock in the morning or whatever ridiculous Ugh. time, 10 o'clock at night. Um, and he hits, you're right, it hits a manhole cover, goes flying. Alonso is behind him, has to like swerve out of the way. Like it was like dangerous. Someone could have died basically. Right. That thing hits you, you're a goner. 100%. Um, so the FIA's and F1's solution to it was just to cement all of the other drains <laughs> on the track. People oh live in the city. Yeah. People yeah. live in the city and like... There is an annual monsoon that hits yes. Vegas that floods casinos on the Strip. That drainage system is poor at best, but is very crucial it's, to protecting. It's fairly important. It's fairly important. And they just filled, what was it, 11? 30. 30? Oh, 30. my God. <laughs> like, we're just going to cause massive disruption yeah. to yeah. this city for the rest of its existence for this to one weekend. Right. And Come listen, on. I'm all for that, usually. I'm like, sports trumps everything. Yeah. You want to live here? <laughs> You should have thought you, of that. Exactly. Ask Tokyo. But hey, we're kind of having a pandemic. Could you all not come? Yeah. The Olympics are like, fuck <laughs> like, you, we're coming. Like. And then Canada won gold. We're like, who cares? <laughs> it all makes it better. It's fine. Um, but yeah, in this case, I think because I'm like so against this stupid third American race that I was, I just think like it's ridiculous. Are they that locked in for more of them or was this going to be a one-off, do you think? Uh, no, they are locked in for no, more. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this I guess is... once you've paved over manhole covers, you might as well. Well, we have it now. <laughs> then, so after people have paid a ridiculous amount of money to go so your your first the day one includes two practices you get free practice one free practice two this happens nine minutes into free practice one ticket buyer as a ticket buyer exactly um and there's usually like a few hours in between uh fp1 fp2 so fp1 is canceled after nine minutes it's not happening again uh or not continuing and then they push off the start of fp2 
And then they keep everyone around fully knowing that at two, they have a hard stop. Like at two o'clock, staff are leaving and they can't keep anyone against their will after that. (laughs) And so they send all the staff home at two o'clock and then they had to close all the grandstands because there was no staff to monitor the Safety people. and security. And, and so yeah. then they start free practice too with no fans in the stands. Like only a couple of spots had them. And so and then they refused to issue any refunds to these people. Oh my god. So after you've paid hundreds of dollars to see this, you're not even allowed you've and probably you've flown around the world it. from God knows where. Exactly. Yeah. That's so wild. So stupid. So ridiculous. Anyway. And then like the race itself, the fact that it was in the middle of the night was so dumb. You're right, a bit of it was to appease the European fans who yeah. are pretty upset at like three races in America. Mm, right. Um but also because uh they thought that the weather was going to be different. They thought that Vegas is like Saudi Arabia, like their other <laughs> desert races where it's just always 50 degrees at track level, mm-hmm. no matter the time of day. And so they thought that they would like try and appease out a little bit like they do when they're in Jeddah. Sure. They'll do a night race there. They did a night race here. It gets cold. It's it November. It's, November. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not, not warm. Not, there. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. not in the Middle East. Like you're in America still. <laughs> and it gets cold in November at nighttime. And so there was a whole issue with uh, with grip and with tires. Like it just it was so poorly planned. Nobody was having a good time. Um, uh, like Carlos uh, Sainz ended up getting a 10 place grid penalty for hitting a manhole cover. That's so ridiculous. Like That's like fining Sidney Crosby for bad ice cream. Yeah. Yes, that's, exactly. That's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. So Why I, would you do that? I, I, and like, then la- during the race, too, um, Lando Norris, who I love, he hit a bump in the road that like should not have been there. His car bottomed out. He spun like crazy down a straight and then off of the track. Oh, my God. Like, he was in like a... It potentially could have been a very serious collision. It looked a lot worse right. than it was, I think. But it was still very bad. All because there was a bump in the road. There can't be bumps in the road. No. like. And the efforts that they've gone to Ugh. to make it so that people can't watch it for free is hilarious. Yes. Like they've uh, put some seal on. Because if you've been to Vegas, there's all these uh, bridges that go over the yeah. street. So you don't have to cross the street. And they put a seal on it so that you couldn't <laughs> see. Because th- th- there's like a plastic... Um, Barrier on all these bridges. They put a seal on that plastic so you couldn't see. The yeah, track. when you're trying to cross from one side of the strip to the other, you have to go up over these multiple bridges, and they're like, "No, you can't look from yeah. up here." Like, no, but- Vegas people are hilarious because they found a workaround. They just rode the escalators <laughs> the whole time, and they could see the track. <laughs> you can't hold Vegas people down, baby. No, but like all of this was like just the fact that these hotels existed. F1 starts showing up, and I think it's Liberty that owns F1 or, or whatever. Liberty, but. Yeah. Essentially, it's F1 who is showing up at these hotels. Hey, we're going to run a race outside your window. Pay us. Like, fuck you. Like, my hotel already exists here. But they're like, no, now you're a spectator to our race. Mm-hmm. Like, everything about this was oh, such a gong show. It like, really was. I sort of understand in a very Vegas way that, like, if you are one of the hotels that overlooks the track, you're going to charge people to use your hotel or use your bars or whatever. But for F1 to just decide, hey, this is our route, and now everyone around us will pay us just because we're here. I'm curious, like, last thing on this, are the mistakes that were made, is the gong show that this thing kind of was, is it fixable? If they're locked in for future years, can they do this better in future? Or is this just going to kind of suck until the contract's up? That's a good question. I honestly don't know. Like, they're going to have to do it. The thing is, if it was a if it was a league that, like, wanted to help themselves, they would. 
F1 still made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. They they announced during the race la- last night, this morning, whenever it was, I'm sleepy, <laughs> uh, that there were 315,000 people in attendance over the weekend, which is like pretty average mm-hmm. compared to all of the other okay. um, races. So it did okay. It did okay, but... It didn't look like that. No. Like, including the people they... who were forced out during that right? practice run. Like they bought tickets yeah. technically, but they were not in attendance. Exactly. Headcount versus purchase tickets is yeah. not yeah. the same Exactly. Thing. Exactly. And and honestly, I would doubt whether they actually sold that many because prices were so like exponentially high and higher than any other race. Yeah, in the Vegas world. is one of those places where you want to be there. It's just the home of big events, right? It's yeah. boxing, it's it's MMA, it's mm-hmm. the like big uh what do they call them residencies for musicians like it, i get why they want to be in vegas but it just sort of looks like they kind of went yeah fuck it we're going in we'll see how it goes and yeah, did exactly. very little yeah very and much f1 like is or fia i guess in this case it's kind of like fifa where like they don't give a fuck about their no. reputation no. they're like no. we make money we don't care so all of this check because like from a pr standpoint this has been a disaster yeah. of an event they do not care they, no they will do it again next year they will do it all the same they from their lens they're like well we made money so we don't care yeah yeah exactly and people still watched yeah. i watched it i was up at one o'clock this morning watching it like that's I mean, yeah like at 10 p.m <laughs> if you're in vegas you're up anyway like people stay up Speak late in vegas that's your in the morning you're up in vegas shred's the only <laughs> one at the blackjack table at 6 45 in the morning like, <laughs> I, I went to white castle at like 7 a.m i was there because i was up and there was nothing no line anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i have like this whole um like set of pictures of me and my friend Atlanta. we made some <laughs> rando take these pictures of us with a diplo sign in the middle of i don't even know what casino we're in and we're like all over this sign and there's a guy in the background eating a croissant. It's like 730. <laughs> <laughs> we had just left the bar. We are yin and yang. We are yin and yang. Yeah. Holy cow. Um, well, I, I do want to ask you guys about this. Because you're in communications, because you obviously I, I believe you're reasonably interested in women's sports, mm-hmm. uh, all these sorts, uh, you know, communications and everything else. I want to ask you guys about this Carissa Thompson story. Mm-hmm. And for those who missed it, we'll play the clip here in a second. But this is an NFL, uh, formerly an NFL sideline reporter. She's now more of an, what do they call it, an anchor, anchor. yeah, mm-hmm. uh, for Fox and for Amazon uh, and their NFL coverage. And she goes out and, and she says on uh, the Pardon My Take podcast that from time to time, you know, I'll make up a, a report. And I want her, I want everyone to hear her words or her way of phrasing this before we actually get into the discussion. So I'm going to play that now. And I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. Um, I would make up the report sometimes because A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late. And I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up because first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop uh, hurting ourselves. We needed to be better on third down. We yep. need to stop turning the ball Pressure over. The quarterback. We need, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and do a better job of getting off the field. Like they're not going to correct me on that. Right. So I'm like, it's fine. I'll it, just make up the report. So her point essentially being, if I just kind of use some cliches that coaches are going to use anyway, they're not. The coach won't criticize me. But this, of course, had backlash on like, well, you're just making this shit up. Like, what's the point of even having these reports and? Uh, Aaron Andrews came out who did that job for a very long time on the sidelines of the NFL. I'm not sure if she's still doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So she said, I kind of get where she's coming from. 
I've sort of done the same thing before. But the point being that if the coach is going to give me nothing or isn't going to give me the interview or not going to give me enough time, I can easily just kind of make up, well, they believe that, you know, their defense is going to have to be better in the second half, which we all know. We all watch the first half. Obviously, it's going to have to be better in the second half. Can I add some context to Please that? Please do, quickly? yeah. Aaron Andrews and Chris Thompson have a podcast together. They're quite good friends. Okay. And so that was a, I think that was more, more of a defensive. Empathizing. Of yeah. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I, and I looked for, I did not know they had a podcast together. I searched Aaron Andrews, tried to find the, it. I didn't look hard enough, obviously. <laughs> so I, I guess the reason I wanted to ask you guys as people who are involved in covering women's sports and, and whatever is this, of course, turns to women reporters. They'll just make things up or, or right. Like this is and there were certain other women's uh, or, you know, women reporters saying that this sets us back. You can't make things up. And I guess before I hand it to you, I would sort of say, and I've said it on this podcast a few times, sports reporters in a lot of ways, not really any different than the people who cover the movie industry or the music industry. I don't know if it's journalism. I'd certainly prefer you tell me the truth. But I, I consider journalism like people who are in Gaza right now or people covering po- – like what we're talking about, what this show is every week is kind of Candyland, right? It's the toy store. It's not that important. But I do want people to tell me the truth. But I also th- sort of find these intermission reports in hockey, well, we're going to get pucks in deep and give it 110%. Shut up. I don't care. So I wonder how important – this story actually is. And, and the fact that she's kind of going, yeah, I know he's going to tell me that we got to be better on third down. So I'll just say they're going to be better on third down. I, what do you guys think of this? <laughs> I need to do way before, better at like okay. picking a name and handing it to before somebody. Instead of just being like someone over there, take it. <laughs> before we get into what was said, just to touch on what you said about this is kind of Candyland, We do get to talk about fun things a lot in sports. And that's great. There are, reporters in sports journalists who have uncovered things like sexual abuse scandals and that's totally uh, fair and like I, I don't think it's all sunshine and roses no you're right about reporting. that katie strang, katie strang is the name rick, yes. rick westhead yep. has done great Everything work mendez has been in on a bunch of you're right mm-hmm. you're right i so, yeah. will admit sorry to no no you go but like mark I, masters talking to william nylander between the different. first and second period about what did you guys do well Ugh. Beat reporters and journalists are, are different things. Yeah. Like, like it's not to disparage one or the other. It's just a different job. Right. I will admit I didn't have a strong opinion about this because I'm, A, not overly surprised. Not not that, uh, like, she made it up, but that, like, yeah, there are times where they're, you know what they're going to say anyway. And, yes. And have we all cut corners in our job before? Sure. Of course. I'm surprised Every she day. admitted to it. Yeah. Publicly. Yeah. What I hate and what you alluded to, Matt, is that... A woman does anything and therefore it speaks to her whole, the whole gender. A man does the same thing and it's just, he's an asshole. He's bad at his job. He's not doing his job. A woman does the exact same friggin' thing and it's, well, women shouldn't be doing this. Like, this is a classic case of everything one woman does represents the entire gender. All women, yeah. And I, I really, really hate that. Cause like, yeah, I, I think that she's admitting to cutting corners in her job. I'm not surprised that this happens, but. Well, so if we keep the spotlight just on her. Do you think less of her for doing it? I know. Honestly, I didn't have an opinion of her yeah. to begin with. Like, because I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I don't really 
care about the sideline reporters. No. I see the important work that they do. And there was a lot of rhetoric this week about like the fact that sideline reporting is an art form. It is a very important job. And very and difficult. Very difficult. Mm-hmm. I've never once watched a sideline report and gone, I want to do that. It <laughs> looks like hell to me. See, I, I but I didn't really on the have... opposite side of that. Like, I, I don't think it's important. They don't say anything. They don't give you anything. So fuck it. Like, I, I... It's like... important because of the relationships you build between that media company and that coach and that team. I guess. Yes. I, think, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, well, I was just gonna say. I, th- I think the relationships are where the real value. And like, just because I don't like them, I think that there is value in those reports. I, I think there I are believe people that relationship. who love them. Yeah. I, well. I, I think there are. Yeah, I think yeah, there okay. are people who think differently than we do. Yeah. And you know what? Like ninety nine times out of a hundred, you're gonna get the most boring. Exactly what you said. Got to do better on third downs. Protect our quarterback. Blah yeah. blah blah. But one time out of 100, you're going to get something like the post game at the Michigan game a couple weeks ago when Harbaugh wasn't there and the coach that was filling in for him started crying as though Harbaugh had died. And like, listen, I fucking hate Michigan and I hate <laughs> and I thought I think this whole thing is so ridiculous but I love it because I love drama and sports right. and like that shit is funny to me and the fact that she was there to to get a, a microphone in front of his face post game to get his tears on camera that's great. Like oh, that yeah. wouldn't have had we wouldn't have gotten that yeah. part of this whole story yeah. without a sideline reporter. It's like worth the ninety nine boring stories exactly. for the one amazing. Remember the Richard Sherman quote like years ago? I think after Don't they you won. Ever come at me. Don't you ever talk about me? <laughs> and they'll never forget. The, I can't remember who the sideline reporter was. It, it may was have been Aaron. Aaron it Anders. was Aaron. Anders. Yeah, she was just like who's talking about you? Yeah. <laughs> and then like put the mic back into his face and I was like, could you imagine being her? Right? Like it's, it it does create those viral clips of drama and mm-hmm. yeah, you got to weed through the crap to get to them. Yep. But it is an important role in terms of how broadcasts are structured these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I'm just, I'm surprised someone admitted to cutting corners. That is a job. big part of this to go on the air. And she says at the beginning of her, oh, I've said this before, like, okay. We never caught that before. All right. And how many times are you going to admit to, you know, your employers that's paying you $700,000? Yeah, sometimes I just... Make shit up. I guess. What that speaks to is, like, it's probably very common and there are other people who maybe just haven't admitted publicly to it. I think that's probably the better strategy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe don't say it publicly. One thing that did extra upset me about this whole thing was um, Aaron Andrews admitting to it. Yeah. Because... Aaron Andrews took Pam Oliver's job, yep. and I used to really yep. love Pam Oliver. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I still love Pam Oliver sure. still around. But like, and we haven't she, heard Pam say she did it. Exactly. Actually, she very openly has said her and Laura Oakham um, oh, yeah. have uh, – Oakham. Um, like, were uh, – they talked to Laura the other day. Um, the Athletic did a, a piece with yes. her, like, wanting to know what her feelings on this whole thing were. Mm-hmm. And she said that her and Pam Oliver had been texting all day about it, like – they they are very affected by this. These are women who take this job very, very seriously. Because there are and, women out there doing this the best they can and yeah. doing their and already taking the extra shit mm-hmm. that comes with yeah, being exactly. a women's sports reporter. And now I don't know, you're just somebody who's covering LSU and some asshole is gonna turn around and say to you, Well, are you making up some I had nothing to do with this, right? Like you're just, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's it, the every, legitimacy of yes. every single one. Exactly. And, I, and so I don't you are absolutely right to have corrected me that that Katie Strang and Rick Westhead and like there are people out there doing journalism around sports. I just sort of look at these halftime reports or these intermission interviews and kind of go, I I just don't care. And so also another if you make point up a, to that though is that like it's also for a lot of 
of women, especially women in sports, like that's where you start. Yeah, Jamel that's, yeah. Hill, like that's where she started. She yeah. for a long time. It was the only job available exactly. to women. Exactly. Like, let's not forget, there's a, still a huge issue in sports, especially football. And I'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt no, you. No, no, go. Where like women are just talking heads, yeah. and they're not given an opportunity to provide uh, actual opinion and analysis. And unfortunately, they are often thrown into these sideline reporter roles. But like, if that's their entry point, if that's yeah. their stepping stone, that's all they're going to be given in the early days. It is a very important role. Yeah. And I mean, look at Holly Rowe. Yes. Holly Rowe is like the ultimate. Sideline die for Holly Rowe. And like what she what she has given us is incredible. What she gives the sports world is incredible. And now like even her legitimacy is questioned. Mm-hmm. Holly fucking Rowe? Absolutely not. Like, yeah. No. Come at Holly, I dare you. <laughs> I look at somebody for me, like as a big UFC fan, the job that Megan O'Levy has done covering that sport, and, and she's fantastic in a sport that is you know, at the same time they were introducing women's fighters, they still had the bikini babes holding up the round number and, and you know, these sorts of things that were not super progressive. And yet she's getting in there with these guys who, quite frankly, you know, have just finished trading punches and the tos- testosterone's flowing and, like, it's not a great place to be and she's doing a fantastic job covering it. And yet I find those interviews with the person who's just been through it, like... I, I still don't know that I call that journalism, but I'm interested in that. Whereas I, I guess I'm just having a hard time getting worked up that someone turned around and goes, yeah, I know what that coach would have said. I'll just say it. Like, I think it's bullshit. I don't want to be lied to, but I also don't care enough about the interview to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of, this isn't important enough of a subject to get me to care that she made it up. I do care that it's now painting an entire industry as, you know, who do we trust? Who are the people who are actually getting the interviews and telling us the truth? Like that well, part. That's, yeah, that's that's a, that's a huge part of it. And it's the ripple effects of this and, and what we just talked about. Now a bunch of female reporters are having to essentially uh, justify their space yeah. here. And I hate that. And, I haven't and seen – there are male sideline reporters and I have yep. not seen – They've been dead silent. Yeah. Like, come on. Because no one's called them into question. Yeah. Because, again, a, a guy does something, it's he's a jerk. He's bad at his job. Him. Him. A Singular. woman does something, it's all women. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating that this is just another example of that. Yeah. Uh, you and I and I – no, you and you and I. It's not me twice. It's two of you. <laughs> This is going really good, guys. My <laughs> 6.4% beer count there you closing go. out the show, and we're still hours from uh, kickoff to the Grey Cup. Uh, anything else that you guys wanted to touch on before we wrap things up and start to uh, obviously recap and, and, and promote the, yeah. uh, the trivia night? Anything else that you guys wanted to hit on? Yeah. Um, Michael Bolton has a new Christmas album. Oh, oh it is so. his time of year. It is. Yeah, he is he's on he thawed. Is <laughs> 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 yeah. So if you want to give that a little play. Okay. It's great. Okay. We'll do. Yeah. Thanks. Are you going to be performing that with them anywhere locally? God, I wish. Yeah. I will do December 1st. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. On day one of the so uh, Need a Beer you. Advent calendar. There you go. There you go. Yes. And have Michael a, Bolton. Have a little beer and yeah. a little Bolton. And have yourself a merry little Christmas. Oh, favorite one. <laughs> Anything else? I don't think so. Women's Sports Trivia Night taking place on the 28th over at uh, the Bicycle Craft Brewing Company, Beer Company, Bicycle Brewery. Craft Brewery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Close enough. You'll find The one me. who can't drink bubbles corrects us. <laughs> she knows what's up. That's because she hasn't been she sitting here sipping on bubbles. The whole time. <laughs> Just drinking my tank. Anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. 
anything uh, like what else should we know about the event? Where can people get their tickets? They're available now, I assume. Yep, available at uh, bicyclebrewery.ca. Uh, we can also well we've tweeted out the links and we'll do it again. I'm we'll at Shrides, S C H R E I D S. She is at Vansan three thousand on Twitter. We will share it there. Gorgeous. Guys, I appreciate you coming in. This has been fun. Obviously, uh, I think you did an admirable job sitting in for, for Rob and, and brought a different perspective. We like that. <laughs> Glad right? we could fill such big shoes. They are very large. Hats more than shoes. He's got a very large head. So do I. I could yeah. probably fit in yeah. his head, his, yeah. his hat. I'm having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me and Michaela talk about the size of her head at least once a week. It's very big. <laughs> it it comes up. normal to it's me. It's not. <laughs> you saw me try on a hat. I did. Okay. Well, we got to discuss Shride's sexual awakening and the size of her oh, head wow, here we, on the episode of this podcast. This was a journey. Uh, you know what? One of Matt's very first crushes, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer playing Catwoman. Oh, oh okay. Returns. Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> I'm sorry. One of my first crushes, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer in Greece too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, Greece she too? transcends sexuality. Oh, oh, Matt. Okay, this is for a whole other episode. I'll take you through the entire plot line. Can I just it's watch It's one this? of my favorite movies of all time. That's okay. a take. Yeah. That's a take. <laughs> Would you expect <laughs> No. No. It is very on brand. <laughs> I, it, I, I'm now, like, I'm perplexed by this. I didn't know there was a Grease 2. Like, is the rest of the original cast in it? Only Frenchie. Okay. Um, and the principal and the um, <laughs> secretary. Yeah. And. Um, it's probably not the right principal. It's. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. And there's a song called Cool Rider, and it's one of my most favorite songs of all time. I think I actually saw Grease too before the I cool saw Grease. Cool Rider. If he's cool enough, he can burn it through and through. Oh, yeah. We're, we're in it now. It She's not going to stop. Forever, <laughs> then away forever. No ordinary boy, no ordinary boy is going to do. I want a rider that's cool. Do, 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 do. <laughs> We love, gotta end this episode. Love the doo 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 doo. You don't stop her, she will keep going. What's the next track on the soundtrack? O L R I D E R. A man for all seasons is next. Stop me, stop me, stop me. This is, <laughs> that does it for the this is, Yeah, this is the only person who did not have any bubbles on the show today. Reproduction, reproduction. I'm not kidding. Okay, you gotta end it. You gotta end it. Let's stop do me. that. Uh, don't forget, November 28th. Women's Sports Trivia Night, Craft, Bicycle Craft Brewery. I got to end it because this is going terribly for me now at this point. And I'm not going to sing anything. Maybe some Savage Garden on the way out. Like a chicken cherry cola, something like that. No. Don't. She's going to do it. I don't know. I'm waiting. I'm hoping. We're out of here. That's Talkin' Audio for another Monday. We'll see you next time. What the hell is that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?